he was the first one who drew the uh, a kiss scene, you know, kissing scene. Really? Yeah, he he, he was <laughs> it was a very small panel, but it was it was a sh- it was shock. <laughs> he was a shock for the was teenagers. it, but, was it know, forbidden yeah, yeah. at the time? Was it forbidden no, it to was, show that? No, nothing was did? forbidden. There's no, there's no religious like taboo to do that, but it just nobody thought it was nobody thought of doing it for, for comic books. You are listening to Geekdom in Powers. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hasson and this is Geekdom in Powers. In Geekdom in Powers, I try to always find artists or fans with personal paths who have made choices in their lives about the things that they love and we see whether and how that empowered them. Today on the show, we have manga comics artist Fumio Obata, which I found thanks to two great graphic novels called Just So Happens, part one and part two. He is a Japanese-born artist and writer who moved to the UK to be able to do what he wanted to do. And we will see how that turned out. And we will also see what it is like to do something, stop, and then come back, which is something we've never spoken to on the podcast before, and usually people don't talk about that. It is a fascinating conversation that's funny at times, touching at times, always interesting, and sometimes it even teaches us stuff. So, as always, I'm interviewing people on very personal paths in which they just try to grab their geekiness by the horns, and this is an interview with someone like that. Also, if you're a fan of Tezuka, Fumia talks about quite a few things I at least didn't know at all, so... Uh, I mentioned him in the beginning, and then Fumi just tells me lots of stuff I've never heard of, and it is great. So, let's listen to the episode. You can't see that it is very late for you. I, uh, not, well, not too late. I mean, like half ten, isn't it, here? So, um, is it like half five there? Yeah? It is, it? yeah, it's half past four. Half past four, Good. Good. <laughs> you can always tell that I'm talking to someone on the other side of the world because there's light outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw, it's first time I'm speaking to somebody in Israel. So <laughs> it's quite, um, it's, yeah, it, it's quite, um, how do you, quite exotic. Quite exotic. Is it? <laughs> well, it's just personally, it feels like it, yeah. I can tell yeah. you, well, okay. Hey. We don't have to get into it, but I can tell you um, when I was uh, in, I was in Hong Kong, which is not Japan, but I was in Hong Kong for uh, just before the uh, pandemic started, like a couple of months before, where there were all the riots and it was fine. Uh, and people kept asking me, is it true that Israel is full of geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, um, uh, is it true? I, 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 it's quite true, isn't it? Well, we have a lot of smart people and stupid people and people in the middle, you know, just like everyone, everywhere else. It is true that yeah, there, is a, um, there is a, a bigger number of uh, Nobel Prizes uh, in science than uh, other things, but it's also true that at least when I was growing up, when Israel was starting because it was only formed in '48. Uh, education was one of the strongest things. Mm-hmm. Everyone was big on education. School was big on education. The parents were big on education. And so you had a lot of scientists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had that, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's just traditionally, yeah. Um, that's the kind of uh, the thing people do. Um, and I suppose it's, it's still the same, right? It, so it's people, uh, young people study hard. Yes. Is it the same in Japan still? Uh, yes, yes. But there are some wealth gaps uh, appearing oh. now. So poorer families do not receive quality. Well, they still receive quality education if they go to state schools. But the rich, I mean, those, those who can afford, they send their children to the uh, extra school, you know, after their normal school hours. 
So they're trying to, you know, compete. So there are gaps, you know, among the kids now, mm-hmm. which is worrying, which, is, which isn't really the case, which isn't really the Jap- Japanese way. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to be uh, societies becoming more like American style, I would say. Um, so yeah, that's, that's worrying, that's worrying. Over here, it's, uh, it's becoming like, you know, kids do less good in school. So people are saying, you know, we should make the tests easier. And that way, you know, so you can know that, you know, that education is going down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah you shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's really about all, make sure that every kid gets an equal um, opportunity. Yes. Uh, hours of study. Uh, so, support teachers, support teachers. And yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get really good teachers. Sorry. I, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have had really good ones uh, over the years. I was, uh, yeah, I was lucky too. So was I, yeah. I was so, lucky. So, so uh, listen, I reached out to you every uh, podcast about introducing to people things which are uh sometimes don't make the headlines in you know, okay. science fiction fantasy comic books uh independent stuff cosplay and other stuff and i found uh your graphic novels uh, uh well, go ahead thank you um i i should should be producing more <laughs> well, i would love uh, to read more i would love listen. yeah I, it, it's get going it's get going thank you for telling me that yeah there, let me just say ahead of time because we didn't speak. Uh, there, it, it was really great. It was the, the the graphics are amazing, and I really like the story, the pacing. You know, I'm all for writer, so I can see that the graphics are good and they're very touching. But the writing is really, really great, and it is. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, writing is the hardest bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hardest, but it's most re- rewarding when he walked, you know, when he walks. Yeah. You you keep making like twists in the plot that we can't see ahead of time, and you do it really well. You don't do it like you don't shove it in our faces. It makes for really like I think the last I forget his name, the guy who wrote uh, Astro Boy um, and Pluto. Uh, you mean the, uh, sorry, uh, are you talking about the, uh, the most famous manga artist? Yes. The, the, who passed away, right? I forget his name. Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, Tezuka. Yes, right. He did, you know, he's a master plotter. Like he yeah, he's a master stories. plotter. Yeah, he is. When you make he a was. twist, it is kind of like the way he did it. You know, he has so many twists and uh, it's not the same, but... He, the way, you do twist the way he does twist, I do believe. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, thank you. But, but you know what? I mean, lots of comic artists from Japan mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, were influenced by him. Uh, and he basically, he, he, he himself said, he, he set up the uh, template. So he, so he said his manga was like a textbook. That the school children read at school. Really, they, he did that on yeah. purpose. No, 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 not on purpose. Okay, but but he basically set the benchmark for it. Right, everybody copied. Um, well, of course, yes, he the generation support, but in the end, of course, uh, uh, he became be, I mean, old fashioned. So he couldn't really cope with the new generation. However, uh, until his death. He was, uh, he, he was basically uh, the, uh, one of the top ranked manga artists working still actively, which is, um, which is incredible because he had, uh, I think 30 years nonstop ongoing, drawing, drawing all the time. There's uh, so much work, yeah. Yeah, so much work, but he never let himself become old. That was the amazing part of it. Um, but, but the thing is that, yeah, when, when he was regarded as uh, old guard, one of the old guards. So, so the magazines do not, uh, you know, they uh, do not publish his manga comics anymore, right? 
uh, he, of course, he came back from that. Um, but he said that, you know, yes, I admit I'm old fashioned, but the manga I created are benchmarks for the young generation. So they're using these and then, then put their own thing onto what I achieved. So this is this was a really good observation of it because he his legacy is still in every I think I would say uh, almost every single manga artist from Japan they they all read his manga yeah uh, still now that's still, interesting uh, I mean, one maybe, per, yeah yeah one person to influence so many people and so many generations yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean he he says I think it's without him there there wouldn't be any uh, manga of today or animation anime of today really yeah I, I, I think a lot i'm not the only one i think probably pretty much everybody would say that yeah so is it just because of the quality of what he did or did he actually create a genre that didn't exist before like uh... he, he um i think he synthesized it he put it all together materials materials and all these things were there but there wasn't there wasn't anyone to put it together but straight after the war when people were hungry for the new art he just happened to be there but also he had all the knowledge everything there and uh, and he had he he was probably the only one who had faculty to put all this together you know, uh, he grew up with reading famous literatures. He also watched the Disney films already, you know. And uh, he was under the good education. He had the intelligence. But he just had, just everything was happened to be there in just one person, one month. <laughs> Umbrella. I never, I never realized the timeline. It was, it happened right after the war. Yeah, yeah, so after the war, yeah. I'm thinking, where was like American comics and Disney? You say Disney already had a few. It was the first to make really long, uh, long animation uh, yeah, movies. Yeah, they yeah. had Snow White. They already had uh, Fantasia, and probably a couple of others. Uh, and what? And I'm thinking the American comics at the time, the Golden comics, weren't even comparable to the stuff he was doing. Like the story was really basic. Uh, mm. and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And what what, uh, what was there before when he before the war? Like uh, what kind of? Uh, I mean, manga comics were already there, of course. Uh, but they were, um, yeah, basically. Um, well, what can I put it? Uh, how can I put this? I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess the. Uh, um, you could probably uh, see um, not much difference from the uh, comic strips that you could see in West. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, uh, um, um, you know, the, of course, yeah, the, the, the newspapers published all sorts of comic strips for young, young, you know, young people. And uh, they were designed for, uh, you know, the newspaper formats. And of course, there are pulp fictions, of course, with, with some comic strips inside. But pretty much the camera angles were like uh, fixed in the middle. So characters are all like uh, on the stage. So it's like uh, uh, watching the uh, early black and white silent film, films, you know. There's no like complicated comic works, right? Yeah. So what Tezuka did. Of course, he got the idea from the Disney, I think, but what he did was he just introduced variations of camera angles and also the uh, close-up mid-shot, long shot. Mm. So he, what he did was uh, he made manga like a, a film. Uh, of course, I think he got the idea from Disney pretty much, I think, but um, nice. not many. I think, I think he, I, I, there was, yeah, I mean, the, the legend says that he was the first one did that, introduced that cinematic technique into the manga. There was somebody else, I think there were probably a few others who experimented with it, I think. I just don't know, I'm not the expert enough, but 
Tezuka basically managed to put all this together into one single novel, novel like something proper novel. Uh, so it was just like completely new that time. Uh, but he, he really he really involved cinematic techniques into the comics. Before it was like uh, very much based upon like this single camera angle. Yeah, I... So Nemo, Nemo thing, you know, Nemo. Yeah. Uh, so it's very much like character fixing one position all through. Which uh, is where just... the American comics were at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and manga, um, sort of, you know, before wartime, uh, it was like that too. Okay. So wow. uh, and, and 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 also the content were pretty much for children. So it didn't really, the storyline didn't involve uh, quite uh, in-depth sort of themes with it. But Tezuka brought all that in. Mm-hmm. And he was the first one who drew the uh, a kiss scene, you know, kissing scene. Really? Yeah, he, he, he was, <laughs> it was a very small panel, but it was, it was, a sh- it was a shock. <laughs> he was shocked for the two years. Was it, but, was it yeah, forbidden yeah. at the time? Was it forbidden no, it to was, show that? No, nothing was forbidden. There's no, there's no religious like taboo to it, but it just nobody thought it was nobody thought of doing it for comic books. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, he he brought all that in. Um, he, yeah, really pushed that. He really pushed it in his twenties. Incredible. Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so that, like, he, he basically just continued to be revolutionizing. So, uh, and, and later years, he really, um, um, yeah, his, his level of prop making, his level of story making really yeah. reached so much high standard, really pushed the boundary. And, uh, the, you know, the, the, the generation to follow, they all basically try to reach that standard or at least keep up with the standard. And that is a, a massive contribution to the quality of manga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he so, was so, a genius yeah. storyteller, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but because of the years of doing it, he wasn't born genius. Well, maybe he was, but he also made efforts so much and kept on developing, evolutionized much himself. <laughs> and uh, storylines, uh, he, he said that, yes, my drawings, you know, my art styles are old. I'm not as good as Otomo, you know, the, the creator of Akira. You know, when Otomo came into the scene, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tezuka was like, yeah, I, 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 sorry, I, I, there's no point I can keep up with this guy. He's just amazing. Yeah. But there's, there's one thing I could compete with anyone, and I could be still the best, is the story. Yeah, and he just, yeah, you're amazing. He had so many stories he still wanted to do it when he was dying on the, on the you know, hospital bed. Really? Uh, yeah, really sad. Uh, but in any case, yeah, but what, I, what I want to say is that yeah. uh, I'm, I'm part of the, you know, that one of the uh, generations to follow. And uh, so I'm really look up to him. I'm still amazed by the stories he wrote. Uh, so I try to learn all the time from him. You know, yeah. So I think nice in, of you. Yeah, yeah. In storytelling, I can definitely see your influence. Like his influence, like I said. Uh, can, can you talk a little bit about how you got here? Like, how did you get a, a little bit about your background? My background. Yes. <laughs> I I left Japan. I left Japan when I was sixteen. Uh, so that's back in 1990s, early 90s, and uh, sent to England. So I went to um, a boarding school. Um, I was planning to go back to Japan maybe after three years, um, because I, I, I thought I was going to a university in Japan and probably do some kind of a very, um, I don't know, Nothing very specialized subject. <laughs> After graduating university, maybe um, joining the uh, manga scene, 
because I always wanted to become manga artist. But I, I liked England. I liked being away from Japan. So I, I stayed on and uh, studied art. And that really opened up a new horizon to me. Studying Western art, art in West, is just very different from, from the East. There's, and I just, there's, a, there's a thing about um, growing up in one place and then in another place while you're still young. I was the same thing. I grew up in Israel then moved in my teenage years to the United States. So you, you absorb things from both uh, places, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you also never feel you belong to either one, uh, at least for me. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, most people would probably um, feel close to uh, maybe a somewhere, some one place, you know. Um, but my, my guess is, yeah, yeah, you could probably easily say Japan always with me, but, in any case, uh, I just had to, I grew up, let's say I became an adult in, in, in Britain. And that's a big factor for me because the, uh, um, you know, I really um, understood about the joy of studying, joy of learning things, acquiring a new knowledge and how to use those knowledge into, into a piece of art, piece of work. And that process is is very much um, very much thanks to what I uh, the, the education I received in Britain. Yeah, I don't think uh, I I would probably if if I stayed in Japan, maybe some in some point I think I think some point I would have given up given up becoming a comic artist. Why? Um, too competitive. Uh, too narrow-minded in terms of the styles and uh, storylines, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is of course, the that contributes to the uh, quality of stories and the speed of production. Mm. Uh, but I would have preferred uh, more options. So yeah. you felt that in the UK you could. You had more freedom to do things, and you had a place to do them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I could basically create my own space, my own um, way of doing things. Um, it, over there, so I'm in Japan right now. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going back there soon, anyway. Uh, yeah, over in the West, in Europe, uh, people people have this more let's say uh independent thinking so you know they they think that they still each person every every single person deserves a space or think differently so when they they can start a new business they can uh, launch a new business no problem they don't care about whether it's been done before or not you know whether how much risk is there or not you know they just go ahead with that Whereas in the East, uh, well, I, I, I would say in Japan, people are reluctant or they just back off if it's just too new or if, it's, if, there, isn't, if there isn't any precedented, precedence for it, you know. So how, how does and, uh, precedent work? Like if... Of, yeah, businesses or way of doing things. There's establishment, there's an established yeah. way of doing things for everything really, right? How do things and, change you know, um, I think things change. Depend. I mean, of course, there are some geniuses occasionally do things and change things, right? Uh, in a way, yeah. So, like Tezuka changed it, but he is a very rare case, right? But it's not just his talent. He also had to find a way to speak to uh, an audience that didn't like change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but he also had the audience. Audience was looking for a new comic art that time. So he happened to be there. So you need you need to be at the right, you need to be at the right time, of course. But, but my, my case, but I, I mean that these things only happen very, very rarely, you know, in history. <laughs> sure. But what I mean is that um, um you know. Uh, these people who really want to do something, 
they act anyway, and they are not scared of it. Even though people advise the person, oh, you shouldn't do this, because not many people would find your thing interesting enough, etc., etc. That's a common sense anyway. But yeah. there are people who still do. And these type of people, there are, there are more that kind of people living in the West or in, 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 in Europe than in Japan anyway. <laughs> I remember I had a teacher once, I learned theater in uh, university. And I had a teacher uh, who taught me, uh, I mean, he taught everyone about uh, the no theater. And he was very proud. He was, uh, uh, he somehow studied with a great uh, master. Uh, and there was one thing where the master said, uh, you know, I need to change this tiny bit of how I move with uh, the stick. And I can't do it because I'm too stuck in the way it's done. Mm. And he asked for his advice and he gave him a suggestion and then he took the suggestion and the teacher was so proud that he was able to put one small change in something that is, you know, a tradition of generations. Mm. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's an example, right? Uh, 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 and manga is very established. The, the way of doing things, even the spot line and storylines are very much fixed. No, I wouldn't say fixed, but when there's a hit, yeah. some hit takes place in the scene, a lot of people follow the same formula um, because there's a guarantee of the return. Uh, yeah, so they, they, so there obviously there isn't much space for the alternatives, you know. And I'm coming from the alternative scene. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the alternative scenes in Japan, in comic uh, in Japan is, is, I think, really small, really tiny right now. Um, the alternative scenes, you know, every art has alternative states and elements. Uh, and, um, and that's, that is a totally legitimate in the West, you know, we recognize really great influences and the movements have come from alternatives. But in Japan, that's not really the case. Yeah. And how, uh, are, you, how are you received in, uh, uh, in the UK once you started producing comics? Like, sorry, uh, sorry. How are you? Yeah. How are you received in the UK once you started doing your own thing? How I saw myself. No, it? how people, how did people react when, uh, when, ah, uh, yeah, 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 when I started it, yeah, it, it, it was early 2000, 2000, I mean, there, there was some attention to the graphic novels in, in, in UK, okay, so the um, Random House um, set up a competition uh, to find a new talent, uh, so and the media, like uh, The Guardian, uh, paid attention to that. So that so new uh, sort of you know uh, people started um, paying attention to that, and uh, so I went along with that basically. Um, so I saw some guys from the art schools started doing comic books, yeah, graphic novels, and then they they managed to publish books uh, from Jonathan Cape Random House. And some new, yeah, comic book publishers started in the UK. So there was something going on. And uh, people from art schools, uh, people from illustration and graphic design also started talking about comic books. Um, so, you know, um, 2005, 6, 7, 8 and onwards, it was a good time. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and uh, art, art schools, uh, people started talking about comic books. Uh, so that was quite new. So felt very positive. Uh, and uh, I liked the, those artists, or comic artists from the UK, UK scene. Um, yeah, they were, I thought they were doing something original, something very British, let's say. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of, it has 
started coming down now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah well, anyway, but I'm just saying that early 2000, um, there are, um, yeah, there are always the, the comic scene in the UK. And uh, um, so there are artists and comic critics and writers always working. And, but I, I suppose we, they, they, they already built a good foundation. And, uh, and from, uh, uh, with interest from the major media outlets like Guardian, and uh, I suppose the publisher like Random House, uh, it started, it just thinks all the pieces got together at that time. So there was a good search of it. Uh, so, so that continued about, I think maybe, yeah, we have about 10 good healthy years of it. Yeah. Wow. And I remember I saw, uh, I saw an interview with you, uh, it's on YouTube, uh, where you talk about the way you specifically use uh, the uh, like things from manga to create something different. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about like how your art is slightly different from uh, the traditional? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I already mentioned about cinematic effect, the camera works, etc. Mm-hmm. In in manga right now, uh, that has become, I would say, restriction. Uh, we just do this too much now. And uh, yeah, uh, when I when I read the recent ones, it's all the same. Rhythms are all the same. Panning is, is is a specific part of the comic book. Okay, mm-hmm. no uh, other story for a uh, storytelling form uh, do not have that panning design and structures. So you should really try more other ways. Uh, and um, you know, I said like early comic books had camera angles fixed in one angle. Mm-hmm. So like we were, uh, so like the readers uh, re- seeing the uh, drama happening the same way as the theater, Yeah. right? After, you know, when, when of course, the, um, somebody like Tezuka broke the mold, you know, but it had its own quality. So, you know, it's good to go back to that occasionally. To mix it up, and then um, when I I I I lived in France uh, for about yeah just over a year, and um, and doing the residency, uh, just to familiarize myself with the Bonnes more, and uh, they are more uh, adventurous in terms of all these things. Uh, so there are guys who are really experimenting with the paneling. And uh, I've learned a lot from them. Uh, and um, yeah, yeah, basically, um, I really get lots of the, uh, inspiration from the French guys, uh, French artists, because they, they have a bigger knowledge. They have a wider knowledge about com- comic art in general. So they are familiar with Americans, Europeans, and Japanese, Chinese, all that. And they try to bring it all together. Which titles um, I'm best familiar with? The uh, French ones, and I know Asterix and uh, uh, Tintin and all that, but I don't really know uh, French. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the specific ones are the guys from L'Association. Okay. That association, L'Association, and they came into the scene in early nineties, and uh, they really brought a new wave into the French comics. They were from alternatives. So they really moved the mainstream. So they became the mainstream. So the, uh, uh, you know, excuse my <laughs> pronunciation, pronunciation and, and, and no you know, so, so some titles are oblivious for me right now. <laughs> uh, Persepolis, Persepolis. You know, oh yes, and, uh, yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, Imagine Sarapi. Uh, that book, Published was published by L'Association. Okay. Yeah, and of course the um, he created a new movement, new genre, really. 
uh, and uh, yeah, so so uh, you know the um, people like her or l'association really uh, opened the door for me, and they they basically had wide knowledge about comic books in general, not just comic books, just art and literature more, you know, and they all brought that together, like like Tezuka did. Uh, and uh, so I, I, they show me all these possibilities. So the other artist uh, who influenced me uh, was uh, um, David, David, B, David B. Okay. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, his, uh, his, his, his style is remarkable. Um, yeah, there, there are a few others who really, from L'Association, really, um, blew my mind away. <laughs> uh, and they, they, they were very experimental in terms of the uh, art, but also the storyline as well, the themes and topics, uh, motifs too. Um, yeah, so, so um, anyway, yeah, so the, the French comics really um, yeah, gave me the new perspective, horizon, uh, and uh, lots of techniques aesthetics that I, I managed to sort of put together for just so happened, for example, uh, with, I couldn't do it without influence from the French. Yeah, um, and coloring and also texture. Uh, these things actually missing in Japanese comics. They don't do the textures. They may do it, but not the texture such as organic texture, which you can get from watercolor. Yeah. Um, and also the, um, I think colors, colors are um, the bits that probably um, Japanese manga artists do not really explore enough. Mm. Because it's you know, black and white world. So. <laughs> That's interesting. So how, how is, how is your, how are your comics, like how was Just So Happens accepted in Japan or by, uh, the people you know in Japan. I mean, I, I, I never, it yeah. well, it is different. I never, I never, I mean, some, well, some people told me to take it to Japanese publishers, but I never did. Mm. I mean, the, I think it is about two months ago, uh, somebody from Japan, a publisher, or I think an agent, I mean, uh, representing a publisher, I don't know, but somebody contacted my agent. <laughs> and Japanese publisher editor interested in doing a Japanese version of Just So Happens. But I haven't really heard from it from her since. So <laughs> and I don't think it's gonna be taken that seriously because who wants to read manga about funeral? <laughs> you know, I just I mean there are there are films, Japanese films about funerals. Yeah. Of course it's possible. Uh, but, but, you know, um, I, I guess, yeah, I, I, I guess I thought, you know, it would capture non-Japanese readers' imagination uh, if I do uh, stories about funeral and stuff like that. <laughs> it is. It's not how I saw it. It's a, it's a life drama. Really but, yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't say it. Hey, it's a story about a funeral. Who wants to see it? No, of course not, of course not. But it's, it's center stage. And, and, yeah. and, and I think the... Uh, um, in any case, the, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wrote the story for non-Japanese readers. So, you know, um, if, and I, I wasn't really thinking about Japanese readers and um, thinking, you know, no, there isn't any Japanese readers find it, finding that it's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, so I just don't know simply what Japanese uh, readers think of that storyline. They, they may say, um, well, I don't see any speciality or nothing special in it. <laughs> and I have to agree with them, I guess. <laughs> um, I just noticed there's uh, behind you, there's uh, a picture. Is that your drawing? I can't see it. Very no, 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 no. No, I'm in hotel room. I'm in oh, <laughs> I can't see. I'm in hotel room. I mean, sorry, just uh, I, I'm in Tokyo. I was from Tokyo. Okay. I'm from Tokyo, but uh, because of the COVID, 
I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding staying at my mother's house because she's uh, afraid of it. She's fully vaccinated, but she wants to become, she wants to, she wants to feel safer. So I'm just staying away from her. It makes sense. It's a world plague. It's a... uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 and of course, vaccine is important, but I think we still don't know fully about this yet. So shouldn't really take it for granted. And, yeah, uh, none of it. It's not one hundred percent in any case, and you know it. It actually uh, uh, goes through a small evolution from changes, genetic changes, from person to person, which is how people can track it. So the longer it lasts, the more things can happen with it. It can become completely immune to the vaccine, and in any case, you know. By the time you know everything, it's too late. You have to react before you know anything because... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's beyond science fiction, isn't it? It is. The, it was in science fiction for a year, for yeah, decades. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, the science fiction guy also know this. We, we got, this is the easy case. In 10 years, we may have something that kills you in two days. Uh, with a 60% mortality rate, you know. It's just the first one, and it's a relatively easy one. We, it, we, could, have, we could have had something completely, you know, more lethal than this. Mm. Wow. Something to look forward to. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, sorry, that's, that's more uh, my picture. No, I can't I... even see. It looks like it. It looks like a drone, but I'm not sure if it's a drone or a picture. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a digital collage of Paris posters, posters okay. from Paris and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if you're interested in my new project, you yes. tell me I could talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, the reason why I'm back in Japan is for these uh, new ideas. And um, so I've been doing the, uh, I've been interested in reportage. Um, comic books. Again, it's the, I mean, I'm, I'm impre- I've got impressed by the French, so. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been following the uh, development of the, uh, the nuclear accident um, happened in North of Japan. Uh, a few years and, ago. Uh, yeah. Was it 2008? Yeah, 10, 10, 10, yeah, 2011, 10 years ago. Okay. And, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, we just, we just had all Olympics. Yeah. And um, uh, to bring the Olympics to Tokyo, um, they, well, basically Japanese uh, politicians and, and uh, Olympic committees, um, they said um, to show to the world how much the region recovered from tsunami. Uh, we love to have Olympics to showcase the world, the recovery. So. They call it like a reconstructing Olympics, uh, recovery Olympics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, my opinion is that they use it as a bite so <laughs> to bring the Olympics, uh, and uh, it was just a, a poli- such a such a one-sided political act, and uh, so it got postponed last year, and finally had it this year. But I wanted to go and see the uh, the area on the Olympic year uh, for my reportage comics. So I, I, I so I went there last month to see how much how much of the uh, recovery is happening, what's happening there. So so I'm I'm hoping to put it all together once and all. <laughs> I've been working on that for about ten years. Got lots of materials, but I just needed that final chapter. 10 years is, is a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. But because I thought I thought I could do it quite easily. But you know, um, if I just listen to people's accounts and just to illustrate what they saw and what they experienced, but that's just not really interesting enough, is it? So I tried to find my own twist to it. Uh, so it took me a long time to come up with that. And uh, the Olympics, Tokyo Olympics, uh, became a part of that. So I just had to come back to Japan on uh, during the Olympics just to see the area. Uh, so, so, so you know that is 
ongoing project. I sorry, just no confirmation for publication. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like an amazing project, and it so also sounds like you take the time to do things until you feel they're ready, and you let them incubate, and you let them get ready inside you, and you do them, and you can feel that uh, in the result of uh, what you create. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, because exactly, that is the kind of, uh, um, I was, I, 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 I believe that you have to keep your own pace to it. Uh, and, and oh, okay, comic books is commercial uh, art, okay, it's yeah. the commercial sector. Um, but with this one, with the uh, nuclear accident and all that stuff, uh, you really have to, you really have to spend your time on that. So, um, but if I were doing this project in Japan, I probably wouldn't be able to uh, spend that long um, because publishers would like to publish stuff on the anniversary, etc. And we just passed the 10th, 10th anniversary of it. <laughs> you know, so the, uh, I missed a great opportunity for the booksellers, of course. <laughs> you see what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's about that, just about uh, for me to really, yeah, but it was important for me to really just wait that long. Um, so that's going. But I've got a few other projects that um, uh, I'm working uh, with my agent and uh, also new projects um, coming up. And um, I'm putting all this together. And it's a, um, yeah, there are two. I mean, so, yeah, I'm doing the reportage on the Olympics itself as well. So, um, in comic book I, form? Yeah, yeah, comic book form. form yeah, mm-hmm. just focusing on the Olympics uh, itself. So, that is something that, um, you know, I, I will quickly put together. Um, that is a straightforward reportage uh, myself in it. And I've got another project which is about, um uh yes but about old tokyo when tokyo was ruled by samurai um the first time i'm doing that period story <laughs> when, when was that what century was that uh, it's, it's late 18th century and early 19th century uh so i'm doing a lot of research right now it's it's just incredible it's, we are so different back then <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's really it's a lot of information that I have a lot of books and you know uh, places. Uh, yeah, I'm reading a lot right now. Sure. Uh, doing the research, um, so I'm busy just doing the research right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've got, I've got about three, uh, at least three projects ongoing, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, uh, I can announce, um, you know, that um, one of them. To, you know, maybe I can tell uh, hopefully around what, around when it gets published by uh, by who or where. I cannot say it right now. It's still up in air. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just for, for some years, you know, I couldn't really produce anything because I was busy teaching. Um, but I decided to go back to really, uh, I spend more time on comics now. Uh, less teaching and more time to do comic projects. Um, yeah. How were you able to make the change back? Like, what was what made you change back? Yeah, it's um, yeah because I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, shouldn't really waste time. Uh, waste the uh, now. Nah, I, I wouldn't call it wasting uh, because teaching is rewarding as well. I love I love teaching, but the um, I haven't really done enough uh, with comics, comic books. I haven't really, you know, I still have that ideas and energy. And um, yeah, so while I still have the stamina, uh, you know, um, just just try, should just to start banging the drum again. Uh, yeah, because because I was becoming very afraid um, losing confidence. Um, if you if you don't really if you don't do things uh, regularly, you just become become scared and scared. 
So you have to force yourself to go back to it. Uh, yeah, so that, that's the energy aging. Yeah, it's just like, you know, getting old, oh my God, and this new guy is coming into the sea and they're full of energy and oh my God, you know. <laughs> Should I just uh, um, let all this happen under my nose? No, I shouldn't be. So let's just try again. Well, it's a good, you know, you know what? It's a good reason to get energized. Back, yeah, when, back when I was a kid, 50 was really old. And I feel that today people are much younger than they used to be at much older ages. So you can do a lot more. You have decades ahead of you. And uh, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but anyway, the... Um, um, yeah, I, mean, I suppose, I suppose, I don't know, um, comic books do take a lot of energy from sure. you know, making it. So, um, you know, I, I'm in my 40s, in my mid-40s, but I think I still, I, I think I do not, I kind of run as fast as the guys in 20s and 30s, that's for sure. Um, so, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, uh, you know. Um, but, but is it, um, isn't it? Go ahead. Sorry, I, I still basically, I just, uh, I'm very scared right now, actually, doing comic yeah. Um I'm not confident, but I, I, I have, I still have the desire and um, compassion, I think. I think, uh, and, I think it's a person, you know, it's a person who did also stop for a few years and then came back. It takes a lot of work to do some of the technical stuff again to get used to the rhythm of doing it. But yeah, yeah. You, but what you have is like you have your talent, and your talent now can use more years of life, which is actually better for you. You have more experience, you have more knowledge, you have more feelings that you've gone through, and you always have you. You're always you, and. Yeah, 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 it's important. It's really important, isn't it? That uh, yeah. you have to make sure that you express express yourself in it. Yes. Uh, 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 yeah. The thing is, in terms of technicality, in terms of uh, uh, let's say beautiful illustrations, etc. Um, there are always guys who can be better than you to do this. Um, you know, you can look up, um, find always find people who are really amazing. Mm. But story is a different thing. Story is a different thing, and there's more space for the personal. Uh, you know, there's. Just, oh, sorry. <laughs> there, there are more space for personal expressions to go into that. That's yeah, I think, I think. I think in any case, no one. You'll always find people. Doesn't matter who you are. There, there was always someone more talented than you. Can draw better than you. Can tell stories better than you. But no one is a better you than you. So if what you yeah, do yeah, is the most self-expression, yeah, 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 yeah. this is what you do. Uh, yeah, that, you've got to believe in that. You really have to believe in that. Artists yeah. have to believe in that. Otherwise, there's, there, I mean, because there are thousands more reasons to make you stop. <laughs> yeah. so you've got to find one really, really, Important one, one absolute reason why you have to do it, and uh, you have to be very convinced about that too. You know, and uh, and that what you said is right. That's 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 very important, and that's that's why I think that's why I, I that's what that's what the uh, art schools, the British art schools, or let's say the uh, Western art schools, taught me. Yeah. You know the um, the importance of you, the importance of why you create. And uh, the evaluation, valuation of the of it is really actually you you to evaluate it, evaluate mm. that, and you really have to hang on to that. Otherwise, otherwise, what's the point? Or let's say uh, you will give up, you will stop doing it. Um, maybe you're happy. I don't know, but I don't think that's my case. So you know, somehow, <laughs> so I'm basically hanging on. So sorry, I, I'm not really like a, a motivated, full of passion artist. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe that's what you expected. I it, it's I didn't expect anything. I, you know, 
I didn't know you. I don't know who you, you know, before we met now. I, we haven't talked before. But I can see and I can hear in your voice and in the way you speak. And I know from, from reading uh, what you wrote is uh, you are very, very specific. I mean, that you are very you. You're centered on you, the things you created and the things you talk about. Taking 10 years to create uh, reportage feels to me like you are doing some, you waited until it fit, you could tell a story the way that fits you because you could always just post, just write interviews and that's it. And that's not what you're doing. Uh, you turned it, you've, that's what I'm guessing you did, you, you found a way to turn it into something that is your story. Uh, even though it's not about you. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing that in the other projects, that's also why, at the end of the day, it's not even why you're doing it, it's, it's the thing you're going to do. Even in the samurai project, and you're not a samurai, but you're going to make it your story. And that's, mm. I think it, it is stronger than you. So when you create something, it'll take time, and it'll have that, and then no one else can compete with you on that because you are you. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but in any case, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, storytelling can be, there's so many ways of telling one story. I mean, if there's one a theme or story, there's so many ways that can be done. And, uh, yeah, it can be very customized can be very personal and uh, it's really amazing isn't it like it's, there's so many ways you can tell it and um yeah and i, I think that's why that i'm still i guess still want to do that you know and and, and um i just remind me of the uh, kafka kafka is definitely my influence kafka is just still the guy i still go back and read he was completely himself. You know, he was he was completely himself. He was specifically himself. yeah, 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 specific. I mean, I mean, I mean, if I could speak to someone, you know, anyone from the history or from even now, I love to speak to Kafka. I mean, what people say that same thing. I mean, so many people probably, uh, so many creators were saved by Kafka. I mean, really, it's just yeah, I believe so because. It's just such an enigma, isn't it? And uh, ideas and all that. I mean, thing is, yeah, he is completely coming. It has come from his life, his life, his view on life, and he really expressed himself in that. And such a, in such a, you know, it's incredible. I mean, he's he's like, he's a miracle. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I just I'm saying that you know, it's so yeah, I get really stuck easily. Yeah, you know, uh, um, oh gosh, this, this guy's amazing story there. It's incredibly original story. Then I just go back to Kafka, and um, he of course left so many original ideas and thoughts, but he also wrote lots of uh, other samples as well. And there's lots of text he left behind, and it's just it's a his human side, isn't it? Because he had lots of doubt as well. Sure. And so he wrote a lot of other things, other other subplots, uh, and that show shows us the human side of his human side. He's just same as anybody else. Uh, he just yeah. has different way of telling the story, or maybe maybe I don't know. I don't know how intentionally he was in terms of writing style, uh, but in in terms of what he wants, he wanted to express. I think he had a lot of fear. He had lots of doubts about, or well, will people understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. You know, he had lots of doubts, but you know, he he kept on going, he kept on punching, you know, punching. Uh, and of course, he passed away until until the, until the world properly organized him. But he's just left so much that yeah, it's just like benchmark, just like uh, such a standard, you know. Yeah, it's Kafka. It, Kafka, I know the stories, but. Uh, I think when he died, he wasn't famous, right? And he, I think this is the guy. I think his, uh, he told his best friend to burn everything he wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then the best friend got it published instead. 
Yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. And that's why yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think Kafka, sorry, I shouldn't be talking about Kafka, but it's a very important part of me, really. Uh, yeah. But I think Kafka knew that his friend would never do that. Mm. I mean, he probably infuriated, it would motivate him, you know, instead to publish his manuscript instead, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, Kafka is a bit like that, you know, he, he could probably, he, he was very good observer. He observed people very well. He knew people's character, including himself. So, I mean, that's my guess, anyway. But, but yeah, just uh, sorry. I, I, it's one of the uh, important influence. Um, oh, look, yeah, look who you're influenced by—a person who was completely himself and very different from anyone else. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-expression. Yeah, and yeah, and basically show that, show the creators, listen guys, you can do this way. Yeah, don't worry too much. Mm. Um, yeah, that's really, really important for artists to uh, widen your knowledge and, and, and find other guys, alternative guys, but not just the guys working, they, uh, sorry, the, the, the guys working in Hollywood or working in uh, like, Top TV show, you know. Yeah. Um, art isn't just that. Look around and just find other guys who are doing very different things, and uh, and they can tell, uh, they can move people, they can touch people in this way, and that gives others such assurance. Ah, I don't have to do the same as those guys on television or those guys on the uh, big 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 uh, big movie screen you can do this way too and uh, eventually you get recognized for that and that's really important like it's it's a very important part of the uh, motivation mm. you know you need to widen your knowledge and just find other guys uh, doing a different thing differently and uh, and you feel like ah okay yeah I could do that as well I mean I could yeah yeah, okay, so so you don't worry about what people what other people think of you. Here's somebody who's done it, but done it in a very different way. It's not like about oh somebody has already done it before, so you there's no way you there's no point doing it again. It's not that. It's really about you know, somebody shows you this is another way to express yourself, okay? And uh, and and can we go do it as well? So Kafka's case is, it's really much, very much like this. You know, it's very strange plot line, absurdity, and strange things. And of, of course, stories do not end like the way we think stories should end. His story is a very open ending. Of course, he couldn't finish it, but it has got its own quality to it. And uh, that gives me a lot of assurance as well. You know, yeah. like ending story is a very, very hard part. Um, but you don't really have to have a, you don't have to give a um, punchline to it. You can kind of leave some open ending to it too. And it's, it's very beautiful. I think, you know, if you change the angle, open ending is a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, something I learned from the Kafka. <laughs> Interesting. Never thought about it that way. Well, sorry, I, I could be. Talking something very no, no, no. Good. good. Listen, thank you very much uh, for this great uh, talk and pleasure. <laughs> great interview. Thank you very much. Yeah, sorry, I, my, I haven't really spoken English for some time, so um, it's a bit rusty. No, it worked out great. Thank you so much to Fumio Bata. He's great and humble and talented and wonderful. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Check out Fumio's website at www.fumioobata, no space or something, .co.uk. That's F-U-M-I-O, Fumio, O-B-A-T-A, Obata. His Twitter and Instagram are both at Fumio Obata. And as always, I always finish with stuff about the next episode. To be continued. It's not really cliffhanger, but it is. Next time on Gigdomin Pals, we'll talk about the path, the very personal path of a science fiction author. 
So stick around for that. Geekdom Empowers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. If you want to contact me about anything uh, or even suggest more guests, email me at guy.hasson, that's G-U-I dot H-A-S-S-O-N, like nerd, at geekdomempowers.com. The website is geekdomempowers.com, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are all at geekdomempowers. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.